Set yourself a New Year goal, they said. It'll be fun. <sighs> Perhaps swimming in the Irish Sea wasn't such a good idea. Set a more achievable goal, like taking control of your finances with personalised money insights in the Bank of Ireland app. It'll help keep track of your spending, like changes to bills, or you might have too many subscriptions. See your tailored money insights, because your financial well-being is our priority. Bank of Ireland. Begin. Bank of Ireland is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. Terms and conditions apply. Great. There goes my towel. The Left Wing, brought to you by Bank of Ireland, a proud sponsor of Irish Rugby. Never stop competing. Hello, you're welcome to the Left Wing Extra as we look ahead to Ireland's second last game of the Women's Six Nations. Ireland got on the table with a bonus point win over Italy in Musgrave Park two weeks ago but it will be a whole different ball game against the number one ranked team in the world on Sunday. We've got Ireland hooker Neve Jones coming up later. But first, I'm joined by Irish independent rugby writer Keen Tracy and was hooker Kleena Maloney. Keen, you're in Kerry and Kleena, you're in Thailand. <laughs> yeah, I'm uh, taking advantage of the uh, break in matches and I'm over in Thailand. I've got some kind of in-laws over here. So we decided to come over for a kind of last minute trip to see some family. Yeah, really enjoying it. Must be really tough missing the Six Nations. <laughs> it, it takes your mind off a little bit, I won't lie. But yeah, obviously, it's the best of a bad situation. Yeah. Well, Sinead, listen- Sinead, I thought I was committed to, to my job, but logging in from Thailand is, is next level. So fair play, Kleena. <laughs> Well, look, Kleena, Ireland are obviously without most of their sevens players for this game against England. They've had to name a much-changed back line. They're without the brilliant Sam Monaghan, who's injured. They're playing the best team in the world, England, at Welford Road in front of an expected record crowd. Um, an easy enough game for them, so this weekend. <laughs> yeah, no, look, it, it is a really tough task. Um, I think, though, they can they can have hope and you know for a performance, particularly a defensive performance, uh, one where they can kind of try and suffocate England for as long as possible, much similar to what we saw from Wales a couple of weeks ago. You know, we saw Wales hold them hold them scoreless for a lot, a lot of the game. And then up until kind of there was a bit of a breakaway then after Abby Dow got injured, there was obviously a bit of a, there was a bit of time off then for everyone. But then after that, England regrouped and pulled away from Wales a little bit, and particularly in the second half, pulled away even more. But I think Ireland, to be honest, would probably be happy with holding, holding England to a similar account that Wales did in the early stages and in the first half in particular. Yeah, Keen, uh, Greg McWilliams has named a starting team. Now, we knew the changes were coming because most of the seven players are gone, so the back line was always going to have changes. Seni Nayupu is back in the centre, even though obviously she wasn't part of the squad for the opening three rounds. What stands out for you about this team selection? Yeah, look, it's like a rejig back line. I think if you're taking the glass half full approach today, I think it's good to see that the halfbacks are at least retained because I thought they were excellent actually against Italy. I thought Catherine Dane was outstanding and really helped, I think, speed up the tempo of the play. So it's good to see that she'll get another chance to build on her relationship and understanding, I suppose, with Nicole Cronin. Um, it's interesting to see how Molly Suffolk McCabe goes. Um, Greg McWilliams has been speaking about her throughout the throughout the Six Nations. I think she's been a travelling reserve for a few of the games, so she's been kind of waiting in the wings. And that's what this is all about, really, isn't it? I mean, it's just so far from ideal. And like I said, there's seven sevens players gone. They're missing Sam Monaghan through injury, Aoife Wafer through injury. So that's nine players who probably would have been in the match day 23. But look, the opportunities for the likes of Molly Suffolk McCabe and Aoife Doyle and Enya Breen to come in and a recall for Emer Considine as well too. So um, the players just have to look at this as an opportunity to show that, you know, they belong at this level. It is, this is going to be like we've spoken about through all our podcast, Sinead, it's a long-term 
process. It's a long-term build. But if the players can make an impression in Welford Road against the best team in the world, then, you know, that will stand to their chances going forward. But it's just such a daunting, it's a daunting challenge for every single one of the players. But like someone like Molly Suffolk McCabe, like being thrown in, like you're very much sink or swim thrown in at the deep end here. But if she goes well, then it's a massive feather in her cap, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. What do you make of the team, Kleena? Yeah, I think it'll be a, a bit of, um, you know, a kind of, we'll see where we're standing at really, especially with Molly, Molly Scott McGabe performing so well in the AIL final. You know, she was really one of the standout players of that Railway Blackrock final. She, I watched it online, but she really did stand out. You know, she was had some great running lines, some lovely passing. It will obviously be a much higher pressured scenario for her. And particularly it's difficult given that it's her first cap added into that. But I mean, she is a sevens player, you know, she's got experience of performing on a big stage. So hopefully she can slot right in and they can use that to their advantage. You've also got a, a change at um, for England at 15 for fullback. You've got Helena Rowland going in there. That'll be really interesting. She's got an enormous boot. She's a bit more of a, um, an off-the-cuff player than England would normally have. You know, she's used to the sevens background as well. So I think that that battle in particular for me is really interesting. Um, Helena will be more of a kicking 15, but I think Molly's much more of a running 15. So it'll be interesting to see how that one plays out. And I really hope Molly does get a, a good run, run again because um, she did perform very well for, for Railway in the final DIL. Um, I was listening to the Ireland press conference there and Catherine Dane was saying, uh, Kleena, that their point of difference is the kind of the cohesion within the group now. That is going to be unbelievably stress tested uh, this weekend because we've got this scenario of players coming in cold to international level against the top team in the world. Can you describe how challenging that that's going to be for the squad as a whole with players coming in and com- coming out? Yeah, I think I think it is. It's always a difficult test playing the best team in the world. But you know, it's the game that it's the only game you could really rise for. To be honest, when your backs are against the wall and you're in that much of a difficult scenario, and I think as you'll often have seen with this Ireland team before, they'll be gelled by the the kind of discontent of the sevens players leaving. I know that sounds like something really silly, but you know, if we turn back the clock to 2017 when you had Alison Miller and Sine Naupu, um, along with a couple of others, Hannah Tyrrell, I believe, taken away to Las Vegas to go play the sevens when we were in a Grand, Grand Slam decider against England. You know, the team really, really gelled together that time. They Before that game, they bet France and they were without those sevens players as well. And that's when I think we've seen actually some of the best performances from Ireland. So admittedly, things have changed quite a lot since then. You know, England have progressed massively. It only takes looking at their bench. The bench is going to come on to that England squad to know how much the game has advanced. Um, but I think if there's ever a game where they'll rise to it, particularly in defence, um, I think it'll be this game. And you probably see them hold on for as long as they can. But then the onslaught might come later on, especially when England bring in their replacements. You'll see they've got Zoe Oldcroft starting and, and she was World Player of the Year last year. You know, it's her first game this Six Nations. They've also got Amy Cocaine to come off the bench. You know, Amber Reid, numerous other players who have a wealth of experience, not only in Six Nations, but in World Cups previous. Just, just on that, Selena, uh, like I remember... The, the time you're talking about in 2017 like mm-hmm. I was covering it it's probably it was probably a much bigger story because obviously the stakes were higher in the game that you're talking about but it's almost it's kind of sad in a way that it's not as big of a story now because it's almost accepted that the sevens girls are going to be taken away and that's a really bad place I, I think to be for the six nations but just curious what was it like for players like yourself who weren't in the seven setups set set up and knew that the girls were, were going to be going away towards the end of it. Like, I mean, it must be have been pretty frustrating really to know that no matter what, you're going to be losing some key players. It is absolutely, but you can't take those frustrations out on the players. It's more so the mm-hmm. system that's at fault really. Um, I wasn't involved in 2017. I was actually, I had surgery on my ankle that year. So I missed out that game. I was, I was watching from the stands. 
Um, but it was, it was, it was a huge issue within the squad because there were such pivotal players as well, you know, Sinny, Ali and and Hunter. It was it was taking real cogs out of the team. And that that's very similar to this time around, you know, we're missing Stacey, we're missing basically our whole back back line outside of the half-back pairing are gone from the early stages of this Six Nations. Um, it, it can be incredibly difficult. But as you have mentioned, you know, Molly has been with the team since the very start. So at least she'll have been involved and she'll have a chance to have run all those launch plays. She'll have been working with the team. So she's not coming in as cold as maybe some of the other players are. I don't know who's been involved in the other match day squads or the match day camps, but at least in that instance, you know, Molly's kind of been operating at that intensity for a little while now, albeit she hasn't got her first cap yet. I'm sure it must be very... Yeah, sorry, sorry, sorry Sinead, just what, what do you make of that though? Because we probably, as people working in the media, have a responsibility to ensure that it doesn't become normal and acceptable that, you know, players can be ripped away. And again, it's it's a consequence of the system. And I think I made this point in one of the first podcasts that we were where we were doing that it's just crazy that a sevens event is scheduled at the same time as the Women's Six Nations, which is now in its own standalone window. Uh, this Sunday at Welford Road, you're going to have over 15,000 tickets have already been sold, another record crowd. So women's rugby is clearly going places. But for World Rugby and the tournament organisers to have a clash like this, we can't just arrive to a position where we go, okay, well, it's grand like because that's just the way it is. And there's probably a responsibility on like people like us in the media to ensure that it doesn't become normal. Would you agree with that, Sinead? Absolutely. It actually undermines the integrity mm. of the Six Nations and Ireland's involvement in it when seven of their players are being, you know, taken away for another tournament. And I actually feel, I actually feel really sorry for the management team, for the coaching team. This is their first year that they've had to effectively organize this group with one arm time behind their backs you know against such a massive uh ahead of such a massive game so i do i really genuinely feel for the players in this situation considering this is the worst time in the six nations for this to happen as it is against england which would have been tough enough as it was with the full squad if they had it so i i actually feel really sorry for them to be honest with you um lads uh just a little earlier i spoke to neve jones from their team hotel in leicester now we actually spoke about this two weeks ago she'd been performing really well in the Six Nations as well and she tops the overall table for the most successful tackles with 50 after three rounds so have a listen to her So firstly that win over Italy at Musgrave Park two weeks ago it actually feels like much longer ago what did that win mean to you? Well do you know winning any time in the green jersey is a special experience um, and winning at home was even better and um, we worked together for weeks to try and put on the performance and we finally came together as a group and we put on a performance that we're happy and proud of and we can't wait to we regroup this week and we're ready to go again. Yeah, what particularly, you know, were you impressed with or were you happy with after that performance? I think just um, performing for the, the full 80 minutes and putting what we'd put into practice and playing the way we got, we played, wanted to play our rugby and we did that at Musgrave and it just shows that the work that we, every individual player and the coaches and everyone that's involved have put in really came together and we were able to put on the performance. Yeah, because the set piece really improved as well, didn't it? Big time, and we'd worked hard on that um, the weeks prior, and then we really nailed it, um, just like the finalised details the week before the game, and it showed. You're now facing into playing a team that's shaping up to possibly be one of the best teams we've ever seen so far in Women's Six Nations, or Women's World Rugby. It will be such a huge challenge against England. What is the mentality going to be like going to Welford Road? 
do you know it's yes it'll be a huge challenge it's going to be a physical game we're going to have to work hard and we all know that going into the game ahead um but i think we're all excited for the challenge it brings and to really test ourselves as players and as a team to see what we can do under the the pressure of one of the best teams in the world and um i can't wait to take to the field and see what we can do and bring it on kind of yeah how do you think england will test you in ways that other teams won't have um, well, obviously, like England, um, they're all like full-time um, athletes, basically. So they'll have been together for a long time. I know this week they've been together basically all week. So they've had a few extra days to like refine things. Um, so set piece, physicality, um, just around the park. They all know where they're supposed to be, what they're supposed to do. You know, They like to play their rugby. And for us, we want to try and play our rugby. So it's going to be like a battle of rugby basically (laughs) you know and for a game like this you almost have to break it down into even 10 minute slots because it really is key for Ireland to just stay in this fight well I think for us it's the not necessarily breaking it down but it's to play our rugby and not let the atmosphere or England or whoever it is like take over and to play our rugby and stick to our game plan and work around that as opposed to crumbling under the pressure whatever we just need to stay united as a squad and bring our A game. Yeah, and how how do you do that exactly? What, you know, it's supposed to kind of, you know, easy enough to say, but what are you saying and what are you doing to ensure you play like that on, on Sunday? Yeah, well, we've been building for weeks now. Um, we're quite a new squad together, but the work we've put in over the weeks to like become a United squad um, has been like next to nothing. And the girls put their work in for their analysis work and on the pitch, we're just getting finer details. We're having our little micro chats throughout a session to make sure that everyone knows what we're supposed to be doing. And at the end of the day, it's a game of rugby. You run forward, you pass backwards and people overcomplicate it so I think just knowing our jobs and doing our jobs on the pitch and working together like not everything's good rugby's not a game of perfect and we all know that so just get in there and enjoy it for the main thing um, and put the hard work in and hopefully we'll perform. What has been the main kind of key thing that you've been concentrating on this week? Me personally? Yep. Um, I guess just knowing my my role as a hooker and um looking at the set piece because um building on it week on week out um I love open play but obviously set piece is a huge part of the game so I've been looking at what I can do in a line out or a scrum to help my team out and do the best job I possibly can yeah I think we've seen you know your your tackles in open play and everything um is that a part of your game that you enjoy well, yeah, I mean, that's part of the rugby, isn't it? I know, like we say, you're on forward, you pass backwards, but you also have to be able to tackle. Um, and it's a part of the game I enjoy. And if there's someone in front of me, I'm going to do my best to not let them pass me. What is it like being without the sevens players? Seven of the sevens players? Yeah, well, obviously, like we're a squad at the end of the day and we're going to miss the girls. We're going to miss the way they play and the, the atmosphere they bring into camp. But the, it is rugby and things like this happen. So I'm very excited to see the girls that are in camp this week take to the field and tear things up against an English squad. And Selene Nayuku is one of the players that's come back into the squad. What's it like having her back? Well, obviously, Senny's a very experienced player and she brings a different um, level to the game. So it's been good to have her back in to, to bring a bit of experience um, into the game. And uh, yeah, it's just been great to build with her. Um, another blow kind of to the team was losing Sam Monaghan, obviously. Uh, what do you lose when you lose a player like her? 
Well, yeah, obviously Sam's a fantastic player um, on and off the field. She She's one of the, the bigger characters, as you might say, in camp. So she really creates an atmosphere. So we're going to miss her this week, but part of the sport. And hopefully she'll be back with us next week. And I know she's got to be missing it. And we're also got to miss her, but part of the sport. So we'll just we'll just build on what we've got and look forward to it. So like you're out, Sam Monaghan, you're without kind of sevens players. You're going to the Welford Road to take on possibly the best team in the world, possibly the best women's team we've ever seen. You know, you, you could almost feel sorry for yourselves here. Never, never feel sorry for ourselves. It's part of the sport and we love that. We love a challenge. We love a physical game and throw anything at us. And at the end of the day, we're a team and we'll stick together and par through. What success to you on Sunday? Um, I guess looking at the, the things we've worked on this week. So again, building on our set piece, working on our uh, connections throughout an open play, uh, just that kind of thing. So sticking to our game plan, working in those like sections of the game. So let's get involved early. So for myself, I like to get involved early, working with my other front row um, whenever we're at scrum time, timings on line outs, that kind of thing. Just working, building on what we've been working on for the past couple of weeks and just staying, getting stronger and stronger as a team. And just finally, you know, they're hoping for a record crowd at Welford Road. For you, family, will there be family there for you, Neve? Always. There's going to be family and friends there. Um, I know that my mum's coming over. She's bringing some of her friends and um, there'll be a few of my, my mates coming up as well, which is good. Best of luck, Neve. Thanks for that. Yeah, thank you. So that was Neve Jones there. Keen. we did see a lot of improvements in the Ireland performance in that win, that bonus point win over Italy down at Musgrave Park. So... What are those areas that Ireland will absolutely need to count on against England to Welford Road on Sunday? That's another frustrating aspect of this whole thing. The point we were talking about earlier, Sinead, in terms of the sevens, because I thought Ireland were excellent against Italy. Uh, like you got to remember, this that Italian team are going to the World Cup. Ireland aren't. So we made this point before the podcast when the three of us were on that it's not like the men's team when you kind of go into the match and you expect, you know, how many points are you going to put on them? So I thought Ireland played excellent and it's just such a pity that they don't have a chance now to properly build on that because it's not like going against up against England, okay, was always going to be very difficult to improve on an excellent performance against Italy. But now with a new look backline and stuff, it makes it even more difficult. The, the set piece is just non-negotiable and I would have probably still have concerns when you look at the the damage that France caused. And I would say like Kleena will definitely know more about this than I will. But I would imagine looking at that England team that they probably have more power in it than, than that French pack do. So that would be a big concern. I think the, the line out was a bit wobbly early on against Italy, but it was really pleasing to see like Neve Jones and Nicola Friday and Sam Monaghan sort of think their way out of trouble. And they just simplified the line out by mm. going short to the front. And like, it was really simple, but it was effective and it worked and it allowed the back line to get really clean ball to attack off. Now, I would I would have concerns that I don't think they'll get away with that again. Clean. I would know a lot more about this and throwing it in the ball into the lineout. If Ireland are looking to simplify it going to the front, I think England will pick that off. They'll they'll read it. So they're going to have to think outside the box in terms of securing their own ball because, like I said, we saw the French pact like just obliterated Ireland at the set piece. And like I said, when you look at this England team, they have probably more power. Would you would you agree, Clean? Do you think this England team is more powerful up front than than France? Absolutely. I mean, you've got two of the best line-out operators in the world in Zoe Oldcroft and uh, Abby Ward. So to get past them is a tough task. And not only that, you're kind of you're losing Sam Monaghan. To be honest with you, you probably you'd need all three of them there if you're going to have an, an, a functioning line-out against England. You'd need Sam Monaghan, you'd need Nick Friday and you'd need Ethan McDermott. I don't know where you fit Sam in, maybe you move her to eight, but you know what I mean? 
you'd need all of those three options in your lineup to be able to get away with playing the best team in the world, which is England, and arguably the best best lineup operating team in the world. Um, there, having said that, you know there is a, a little advantage in having Ethan there. Obviously, she's she's quite tall. I think she's about six one, six two. So if they can get her up at speed, you know, without maybe a pre-call, without a lot of movement, just walk in and go up on Aoife, that will help out Neve Jones a lot. So I really hope I see Ireland doing some tempo lineups, particularly towards the start of the game, to give the whole team and Neve, you know, confidence in their set piece, and then they can build from there and bring in a little bit more movement and confusion. But um, certainly early on, I, I hope I see them going with Aoife, Aoife in up at the top. Okay, you're a wanted woman there, Kleena. There's people coming into you. So we'll wrap up in a minute. Um, you obviously play in the Premier 15s. Please give us some bit of hope. Is there any chink in this England team? I I don't know. I mean, looking at the bench, I really do feel feel for Ireland. You've got Amy Kane, you've got Poppy Cleal, you know, you've got Amber Reid, among many others that are going to come on, especially when Ireland are tiring and when they're looking to their own bench. I, I am glad to see Sina Nuku back and, I, and I, I'm looking forward to see her and Enya Breen pairing up in the centres. I think they could be very exciting. Um, is a fantastic young player and I hope to see her getting lots more opportunities. And obviously, as we, we know, Sina is really, really experienced. Um, I believe she's been overtraining a little bit with Exeter and maybe playing some cup That's games nice. with them. That, that'll help her out a lot. Her pace, the pace of her game will be back up to where it is. And, you know, Sine at top flight can really move the ball around and put some people away. So I would like to see that when they play England. I think that will... That will really help them kind of keep the ball on the game line, keep the ball alive. We won't want to be slowing it down with too many rocks, particularly as the game moves on. Um, I, I have to be honest, though. I, I Obviously, I see England winning and um, I hope it's a respectable scoreline, but I do fear for when the replacements come on, if Ireland are tiring, uh, what, what the scoreline will finish at. OK, it's the question you both won't want to answer, but what are your score predictions? Um, like, you don't want like, like you don't want to be overly negative. Shane. No, like, that's not like that's not what, what we're here for. No. But you have to be realistic as well. Like this is and we don't want to bang on about all like overall ground. Like this is amateurs against professionals yeah. which is a bit like which is huge, huge, huge in itself. But it's also an amateur team against the best team and also a team who play brilliant rugby. Like this English team are really, really exciting to watch. They play the game the right way. So you just have to admire what England have done. And this is what Ireland have to aspire to be. So you don't want to be overly negative. My, my big thing is that I just hope like we've touched on a few of the younger players there. I just hope that there's no kind of lasting scars from whatever happens this That's, weekend yeah. because you could be really damaged by, you know, you've hardly played for your country and if you ship a big score. So like Lena said, hopefully they keep it respectable. And, you know, and the good the good thing is they have a game against Scotland next weekend, which they can certainly target to, to win. So it's not like they're going to finish the Six Nations on whatever happens on Sunday, which hopefully it won't be as bad as a lot of people think. Final thoughts, Lena? Absolutely. I mean, and I wouldn't be surprised, you know, we've seen Greg pull some things out of the bag, things that would be unexpected from an Irish team. So I, I am hopeful that particularly early on, they can start England and they can pull off some stuff like Wales did, you know, um, winning scrum penalties maybe or winning scrum free kicks, not through power and aggression, but more so through maybe some cuteness and, you know, playing the referee the right way. I, do, I, I am hopeful that I see Ireland do that because I'd like to see that side of their game as well. And I do believe that with John Fogarty and other people in working with alongside Greg, that we might see some of that. Those are things I'd like to see from Ireland, particularly early on. Um, and I and I would be hopeful that, as you know, as Keen mentioned, that it isn't that it isn't too hard on the girls, particularly given that you know it is a transitional time. We're not going to the World Cup this summer, sorry, this autumn. So that, you know there is room to make this progress if we if we play it right and if you know, if we keep everyone involved and sort out our pathways and everything else. 
Absolutely. Okay. Well, Keen, enjoy the wedding in Kinmare and Kina, enjoy the holiday in Thailand. I'm here in Dublin, so I am so well jealous <laughs> of the both of you. But uh, thanks a million for coming on the podcast. That is it from us. Talk to you next week ahead of the final round. 